it's okay to not be overly opinionated on things. That's no, I think I'm overly opinionated. I decided. Okay. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Without a Roadmap. This is a show for product people who don't have all the answers. We'll tell the stories of the product folks who get the job done, but are still figuring things out. My name is Jonas. I'm Cameron. We're both product managers here at Parlor, which is a startup located in downtown Boston. Today, we have Eliana here, who's a second year student at Northeastern, also a product management intern at Lola.com, uh, which is another startup here in Boston. Yeah, happy to be here. Woo! <laughs> So the goal of our show was to always share stories and perspectives of other people in product management, or we're still figuring it out. And finally, we had the chance to do so. So we have Eliana here to share her story. Um, so why don't you get us started about how um, you got the co-op at Lola and just kind of what's the most surprising thing you've learned in being a product manager so far? Yeah, definitely. Great question. So I got the product co-op at Lola in a very unconventional way. So I was vice president of the Entrepreneurs Club in my first year on campus. Incredible organization. I think that's how I learned like so much about what entrepreneurship really was. I think coming into Northeastern, I didn't know any of that. I thought I was going to be studying neuroscience. So I wasn't really like interested in business. And I think, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't have even been able to answer the question, like, what is product management? So <laughs> Uh, I'm really, really lucky that I've had the opportunities that I've had uh, so far. But I actually got introduced to the founder of Lola, Paul English, who was the founder of Kayak originally, because he came to speak at the Entrepreneurs Club at our Tuesday Speaker Series. So I met him actually about a year ago. He came in to speak, led an awesome fireside chat, and I had the ability to connect with him afterwards. So it definitely shows the power of student organizations on campus and being super involved. Uh, and I kept in touch with him and the Lola team over the summer as they were structuring their product team. And then I was lucky enough to be able to, be able to intern there starting in September. So I was working part-time uh, in a product role that was super tricky, but I think it definitely gave me the leeway to learn a lot about the product, understand the customer, get acquainted to what it really means to be a product manager. So yeah, it's been incredible so far. And you said you're doing that through a co-op? Can you kind of explain what the whole co-op thing is? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for those of you who don't go to Northeastern or don't know what co-ops are, basically we work full time for six months. So I actually started out in an internship and then was able to continue that into a co-op, which means that my experience is going to be longer than six months, which I think is really worth it. But yeah, we do at least two to three co-ops while we're at Northeastern. Mm. That's such a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've been seeing just the different events we've been going to and people we've been meeting. A lot of them have been Northeastern students. It's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, you guys are everywhere. So yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to uh, yeah. Northeastern entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. Experiential yeah. learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you mentioned a little bit about the mentorship that you received. I'm kind of curious uh, like how you how you landed that position obviously you were part of a group but uh, like something that we've been hearing a lot from people lately is uh, like they're curious how uh, you know I found a mentor in product and you know as well as Cam and Keith the CEO here but like something that we also notice is that you know mentors are rarely you know just altruistic they're oftentimes looking for an opportunity to like also extract something from you because they see value in you so I'm curious like why uh, you feel they took an opportunity on you being so young and early in your career and uh, like how are you providing them with value yeah that's a great question <laughs> uh, I think I think it's really tough I yeah it's it's you know tricky to break into product and I and I'm so lucky that I was able to you know kind of 
um, get my feet wet at such a young age. I think, you know, Lola did take a huge chance on me. It's, it's, it's really tough to be able to like train somebody from the ground up who's never really held a product role. I think like a really, really big part in that was Rachel Nisham, our VP of product. She's been incredible and like mentoring me all the way through. So of all the other product managers at Lola, uh, and Paul as well, like he's, you know, really involved in actually like building Lola's product, like in the weeds a lot of the time. Uh, and I'm really, really lucky that I've been able to learn from him as well. And I think also a lot of people throughout like the Boston product community, you know, I have like friends that have, you know, co-opted other places within Boston, um, or like our current product managers that have definitely leaned on a lot for support. And I've asked them like, you know, how have you handled certain situations? Like how have you navigated the space? So I'm, you know, constantly grabbing coffee with people. Like I have a goal to grab coffee with somebody new like once a week. Mm. So it's been even more than that recently, which is really nice. Like 8am coffees before work. Um, I've not been a morning person up until, you know, as of late. But I think that's been really, really great because I'm able to learn about product, you know, what, how people lead product teams at all companies, not just in B2B SaaS. So that's been really, really interesting. So a lot of people have been kind of mentoring me throughout my product career so far. So you like gain like kind of most of the knowledge about product through like actually doing the product work at Lola and also just speaking with other product people. Yeah, that's how I've done it. Also, like, you know, taking a lot of initiative to just read all the time, like trying to read articles. But a lot of it just been kind of throwing myself into it. Like I came in to that role, like really barely even knowing what product management was. I'm like, I read, you know, a few books over the summer, but that was about it. But I think honestly, the thing that's been most helpful even so far is not even those like hard or technical skills about the actual job, but it's a lot of those soft skills that I think Mm -hmm. were so important. I like learning how to communicate really well. And I thought that I was a strong communicator. And then I came into product management. And I was like, whoa, I don't know the first thing about like communicating with people because it, it's definitely an art. Uh, a lot of like leadership skills that I've learned throughout like leading e-club um, and then co-founding wise on campus, the women's interdisciplinary society of entrepreneurship. I think that's been huge and like setting up programs from the ground up, kind of like leading a team when you don't really know exactly what the long-term vision is, but like figuring out long-term strategy and like being execute on those like small steps kind of day to day. I think all of those skills were like really pertinent and in, in um, going into product management. And then a lot of other things that like Rachel's always talking about, like, you know, leading without authority and, you know, getting people to believe in you and trust you. Like all of those are soft skills that I was kind of putting into practice throughout like leadership roles on campus and throughout other things that I've done and other projects I've worked on. But I think definitely um, I worked on a lot throughout Lola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, well, can you talk a little bit more about uh, like leading without authority? I think that's a really interesting thing that you bring up in. Uh, I think it you know, condenses a lot of what product managers have to do really well in a few words. Yeah, leading without authority is interesting. I, I, I think there's always like a, a misconception that the like product manager is like the CEO of the product and you know they have like total jurisdiction over what happens and they're making all the decisions. But I think that, you know, obviously like buy-in from other people in the company is like the most important thing when you know figuring out what it is that you're building. Um, of course, other than like customer input, but in terms of like leading without authority. That's been a really interesting thing to learn about um, when you don't really have a lot of the power, but you need to get people, you know, to believe in you and standing behind you. And mm-hmm. I think that proved to be especially challenging, like coming into product for the first time. So mm-hmm. I also never worked in the travel industry before. So I was trying to figure out, like, what is this industry all about? Like, what do our customers need? Um, and I'm not the target customer. So the, a lot of research had to go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also figuring out, like, all the technical, you know, components yeah, and, yeah. like, how you can actually build the thing. 
Um, so you definitely need to know what you're doing, but then it's also like building relationships with people one-on-one and getting them to trust you kind of throughout the process. So that's something I'm still trying to navigate, reading a lot about, talking to people about, but yeah, yeah. we all are. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting too. Cause like all three of us are earlier in our career, um, mm-hmm. and, and RPM. So like having the leading without authority thing is super, super interesting to me because you have to like get that buy-in and like sometimes the people you're trying to get buy-in from are older or, or more experienced than you oh yeah so they're looking at you like who's this person like trying to tell me like we need to build this exactly like, exactly they have their own opinions <laughs> on how the direction's supposed to go of the product so that's super interesting to hear yeah and i think it's something that i that i was really tough for me to navigate in the beginning and even yeah, still because I, I i think i struggled with you know raising my like opinion or you know bring up what i actually thought and i thought i was like oh i need to please everybody and i need to get everybody's opinions yep. you know into the actual spec and like make sure that i'm accounting for what everybody's thinking but i think that's what you know i've been challenging myself to do is you know that that's not what being a product manager is all about and of course it's so important to you know have strong relationships with all your stakeholders and everyone else but at the end of the day like you're the product manager like you need to drive things forward so it's been a lot of like navigating that imposter syndrome especially in the beginning and like being able to feel like confident and in leading my meetings and you know like moving everything forward especially because a lot of the initiatives i'm working on at lola tend to be pretty big and span the whole product so i'm not even working like directly with my team but with a lot of the other teams and a lot of stakeholders that can you know definitely get involved mm-hmm. yeah so we we talked about uh like finding your voice as a pm a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and it's very like along the lines of what you're saying there it's you know everybody has a voice obviously and if you're in the role then the company feels that you're you know capable of of doing you know the necessary requirements but at the same time like not everybody's voice needs to be heard in every (laughs) moment uh and you know but you also have to prepare yourself so that you are kind of you know ready to jump in at any point when whenever possible and actually provide value so a lot of that background work and developing those relationships is you know, so key so that, you know, when you come to the conversation, you're actually being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. A lot of that research needs to be done beforehand. Like, I feel like, you know, you yeah. always need to know what's going on and be like a few steps ahead of everybody else when it comes to like being able to, you know, know what's next and what, you know, what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. <laughs> One thing I did want to get to. So our first episode was about taking initiative and it's mm-hmm. kind of centered around how we both got to parlor. Um, myself reaching out in LinkedIn, sliding in Keith's LinkedIn DMs. <laughs> and then Jonas here actually uh, taking initiative to meet with Keith after an event. So oh, it's wow. kind of similar that you guys both like took the initiative to meet the person after an event. So tell me how like you took the initiative to kind of meet the founder of uh, Lola. Yeah. So actually like Paul arrived early to the event. So I like, it was my job, like as vice president, I, like ran to the door and greeted him. So we were able to talk for like 20 minutes beforehand, um, got to know, you know, who he was and like what he was doing. And I remember feeling definitely like pretty starstruck. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, who am I talking to right now? Cause it was like my first year at Northeastern. Like I still, I didn't know the Boston ecosystem at all. So I'm, I'm really glad that I like took the initiative, um, to follow up with him and kind of keep in contact, especially because at the time they actually weren't hiring. So I had to, you know, stay in contact with the team pretty closely and like, Hey, like any chances of possibility here. And I was also really (laughs) ambitious with asking for like a product role. Uh, I was like, I want, I wanted to try product. Um, and I have, you know, I have some experience in design. So I thought maybe that, you know, maybe marketing, but I, I was like product is where I wanted to be. So I'm like, you know, might as well, yeah, shoot your shot, be, be ambitious. And it, it really did work out. And I had, of course, no idea what I was doing at all. Like every day I like had like a list of like 30 questions and I'm like, I'm, but like, can I reach out to this person? Like, wait, I'm allowed to talk to the customer, like on my own, like I, I can ask them these questions. Right. 
Um, so it was like a lot of learning that came out of it, but I think I grew like exponentially because you know you go outside of your comfort zone, and I think that's where you truly grow. So, what's the the biggest surprise so far about being a product manager? Yeah. That's a great question. I think the the biggest surprise was like how important those soft skills were. I, I was most concerned, you know, I don't have a technical background and something that I hear a lot is like, how are you in product management without a CS degree? And of course that's like, that's tricky. Um, you know, I tried to capitalize on the fact that I had a design background, so trying to go in with that perspective and I've done like other operationally focused things before. But I think what surprised me the most was not even how difficult it was to understand like the technological feasibility behind everything, which is what I was most nervous about. But it was really in like those soft skills and like how good are you at building relationships? How good are you at getting your point across? Being able to kind of synthesize information, make decisions quickly, mm -hmm. um, move even in times where you feel really uncertain, like how to take calculated risks and bets and all those things. So I think that was what surprised me the most, like all those soft skills needed to, that, you know, go into the actual role. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, you know, people looking to get into product management, hearing what you're saying and feeling <laughs> put at ease because, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, that's that's something that I hear really commonly across like early stage PMs who like thought that they had to have some crazy technical um, like skill set. And yeah, that's generally not the case. Like I think that sometimes in some cases it's actually, you know, a downside because you're kind of coming in with these preconceived ideas of how things should be done and when in reality that should probably be left to the people who are best at that and that's the engineering team and right. with you know if you have a design background it's useful but you know if you feel like your your input is like worth more than the designers then that can cause issues so exactly. I think yeah it's a it's a being well-rounded but uh you know as a, at the end of the day the product people do the product work and you know designers will design and engineers will you know develop yeah, yeah. it's funny uh, it, during my time at BU, I actually took two courses like related to like SQL and Python, mm -hmm. and I don't use any of that oh. knowledge. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like the the courses were fun, especially the Python one. I like, built like my own like Reddit rep website, which is pretty cool. But then, like now, I, I couldn't do that at all. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I also found that everyone's incredibly helpful and like willing oh, to yeah. like explain things to you. Like there was you know so many situations where I'm like I have no idea how this works, and like the engineers will sit down with me and like kind of talk me through it, and I'm constantly asking questions. So I think as long as you're open to actually like you know going and getting that information on your own and not just being like oh i don't know how to do it so that's it like you you, you your role is to just get rid of blockers constantly so if you're facing yeah. blockers like you you have to figure out a way around it and i think that made me super uncomfortable at first um but when you get the hang of things like people are so kind and always willing like to sit down with you and explain something like what you can and can't do like how this works so um i definitely relied a lot on the people that are around me mm. to you know kind of get me through some of the situations that i don't know quite as well and also just being open to asking like how can I help you like how can I support you is there anything that you need and being really proactive because I find that sometimes people won't really tell you mm -hmm. but if you are always like open to that it helps with that like you know if you're asking for help you know also offering support back yeah it's funny you mentioned uh, like moving blockers it's like a job of, as a PM mm -hmm. yesterday we were just talking like us two and Keith um, he was, we were basically saying like a product manager's job is organizing yeah so, yeah <laughs> it's just all being like organizational stuff yeah yeah and like handling all the follow-ups like immediately making sure that everybody's on the same page you know a lot of like back and forth figuring out how like teams can work better together yeah, yeah. But i find all that really really interesting mm -hmm. for sure so like you're super involved in community at in boston and at northeastern so what would you say is like the the main benefit of being involved on campus because myself and i think you too we weren't that involved in campus like i only just played basketball mm. so that was about it but yeah just love to hear your thoughts about that 
Yeah, I yeah, I think that's a great question. I'm so glad that I've gotten so involved on campus. It's, you know, it's how I built my entire community around me. Like I think definitely the best part is like the people that you meet, you know, meeting other incredibly passionate people that are willing to help you, always kind of like propel you forward and people you can kind of lean on all the time. I think also that's taught me a lot of skills that I didn't even think were going to be helpful. But I'm like, oh, like I've done that. Um, like Wise now is like close to like 25 people. So Congrats. being able to, like, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, like, that being able to, you know, work with a team of 25 and like I've learned so many things about communicating and making sure that you're like not overstepping and you're empowering others and like you're not actually doing any of the operational work where you're kind of propelling others and like the team's success is your success. So I think all of that has like really like been super helpful like in product, but also in general, like it's built your network. Like I've gotten to meet people like Paul and like the team at Lola and so many people throughout the Boston community, literally because if you reach out and you're a student, like people are willing to grab coffee with you, you know, they're willing to come and speak at a university, lead a workshop, like all these different things. So almost like everybody that I've met in Boston has been through either the Entrepreneurs Club or WISE so far, because uh, everyone's just, you know, looking to give back and looking to get involved and mentor. So that and the ability to just, you know, learn about what else is out there and not be like constrained to the confines of a campus, but know that, you know, we're in Boston, might as well take advantage of like all the resources that you have here and consistently kind of put yourself out there and continue to get involved. Mm, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit of a hot take, but, uh, you know, in my experience, the work that I did in my actual coursework has done very little outside of maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe like preparing me to like yeah. write academic research papers, uh, which, you know, you know it, it helps to be a good writer. But outside of that, it doesn't seem like there's that much that's, you know, transferred from my time at, you know, in college. So I'm curious, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is, you know, around these, these activities and the clubs that you're running on campus and your professional experience that you're gaining outside. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like the potential impact of the coursework. Cause I know Northeastern probably has, you know, stronger entrepreneurship courses, course load than, yeah. you know, Tufts at my school. We didn't, we had, there was an ELS minor, entrepreneurial mm. leadership uh, studies minor. Uh, which I didn't do, so that's probably my fault. But uh, <laughs> you guys have a, you guys have a, a full major around entrepreneurship. I'm curious if you've seen that to be like you know provide a lot of useful you know knowledge that you've brought to product management. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's a really nice like supplement to all the other things. Um, I think Northeastern lays a really good foundation. I think the best part about Northeastern and why I decided to go there was because of their focus on experiential learning and they push students like out of the classroom, which I think is the best part. Like I took a course um, last year that was, you know, focused on kind of bridging together like engineers, designers and like business people. So I learned a lot about like developing a product really quickly and we worked with engineers on it and actually had like a prototype to present at the end of the semester. So some pretty applied courses and I've even had the opportunity to take summer courses in San Francisco last summer so those are like really technical design courses taught by somebody at Adobe so I was in Northeastern alum which is amazing so I learned a lot about like how to actually you know wireframe things out and that's been super helpful in products so far like even just having the basic understanding of like design principles and like how things like should or shouldn't function so a lot of like really you know applied courses and you know that's why I'm taking you know business psychology design and entrepreneurship courses mm. yeah very like interdisciplinary is that like one degree or is that like minors like <laughs> so, yeah, great question. <laughs> um, I'm studying I should have started with this I guess but I'm, I'm studying business and psychology which is a combined degree and then uh, a minor in UI UX design oh yeah really well-rounded yeah. trying to be yeah <laughs> no that's 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 awesome that, that yeah. northeastern that sounds super useful um you know that's i'm curious maybe you know i'm just 
speaking from my perspective, if other people think that their coursework is, you know, potentially helped prepare them for their roles in product management and, uh, you know, maybe what the future of like education is in terms of uh, how it can better prepare us for the real world. Uh, You know, I know a lot of us with liberal arts backgrounds are finding that, you know, there's a, a lot of work to be done after graduating to make sure that you find that fit if you don't have those technical skills. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's probably a conversation for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> would you say that the, the course around like bringing like design engineer teams together, would you say the stuff you learned there was actually applicable to like, you're talking about Lola or was it a little bit different? It's a little I took different. A, I took a course of like around like agile waterfall methodology in oh, college cool. and like we don't use any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was focused a lot more on, like, a hardware product, so I, I got to learn about, like, actually, like, physically hacking things together, wow. which was super cool, but that wasn't exactly what, you know, obviously, like, Google was a software product, so, no, I wouldn't say that that kind of directly okay. translated, but still, it's you know, a little very, different, though. A little different, yeah. but I, I'm happy I had that, because now if I ever wanted to go work on, like, an actual, like, you know, direct-to-consumer product, that was, like, Beyond actually, like, a tank. Yeah, yeah, Shark Tank. Um, well, that's literally what our final presentation was, was like pitching to a bunch of investors. So yeah, even just that, like creating a pitch deck, being able to articulate things was helpful. So going a little bit back to your activity on campus, uh, but also like I know you're a venture partner uh, at uh, Contrary. Yeah. Uh, so like you're, you're clearly like really well-rounded in terms of like your entrepreneurial sense, uh, which is awesome. Um, but from you know being younger people all of us uh and you know having a lot of people reach out to us for mentorship and for like our own advice uh like i'm curious if you ever deal with uh like the the issue of like giving out advice in a, when we're at a place where we're still figuring things out and i think that ties back into like why we're you know doing the show and trying to be open about that uh, but i find it super interesting really you know people who are really smart reaching out to me looking for my advice in product management for like their careers in general like has, has that been something you're dealing with and if so like how do you how do you approach the like providing advice to people when you're still in the process of figuring it out yeah yeah i i love mentoring other people like i love meeting with new people for coffee and kind of figuring out how i can help them there's definitely been like a lot of situations in which like you know someone's working on like a food startup and i'm like oh i know absolutely nothing in this space but it's you know there's odds are that you will actually know somebody that like you can connect them to so like even if you don't have all the answers there definitely are people that do and can kind of like help them get there so you know i also like to work on a lot of like the soft skills and like leadership component like talking through like what they're struggling with like what i may have gone through that was kind of similar and like if there's anything that we can kind of work through together to be able to get them to where they need to be mm. cool yeah. all right uh i think we can do one rapid fire question it's supposed to be more but <laughs> <laughs> um let's just do what's your favorite place to eat in boston favorite place to eat in boston that's a great question. I don't know. I went to Tiger Mama recently, which oh, is like really fun. Ran- yeah, like r- random shout out to Tiger Mama. I also really <laughs> love Tara in Italy. Okay. I think it's like super fun. Cool. Yeah, okay. I try and go to a bunch of new places all the time. Favorite love. artist? Maybe we can sneak one more question in here. Okay, I just found out that I'm apparently in Lizzo's top 1% there we go. listeners, in case you're wondering, according to Spotify. So, like, you listen to her that much? Every day, every single day. So, Spotify has, like, graciously let me know that I am in, like, the 1% of her worldwide listeners. Mm. So, in case Lizzo hears this. (laughs) All right, well, thank you for joining the show, being our first guest. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Yeah, really appreciate it. Really great insights, and uh, we look forward to watching the rest of your career blossom. (laughs) You know, you're up to great things. Uh, So, yeah, like, you know, when you have a show next, I hope you can. Bring us on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And for everyone who made it this far, um, please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>